Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to you all. Hey, Lou, long time. How are you? I know it's been a bit of a, we had a bit of a break here, but we're back at it, and I'm very happy about that. Yes, yes, me too. So um, one thing I wanted to start off with, uh, folks, and Lou, just so you know, I got some emails from people who essentially said, you know, this is all well and good, what you're doing about the Gita, but how can I become a better person? How can I use this in my everyday life? And I just wanted to address that briefly. So there are many practical books, including the Gita, by the way, that teach a person how to be, become a better person. Uh, the Gita also, I mean, we've done now, we're doing chapter 15, and there's many, many chapters that we talked about in terms of how to be a better person. You know, um, to do selfless actions, to do for others, to not be selfish, to control your, to understand how your various um, anger, jealousy, all of these emotions come about from desires. So all of that can be used by any person who's studying the Gita to become a better person. But there are many, many, many thousands of books on how to use uh, parts of the Gita to become a better person and to live a better life. Um, however, I have not seen this kind of an explanation that I have undertaken um, on, on the uh, webs or, or the, uh, on the web, on the internet, mm -hmm. for every single verse, every chapter, every verse, every sentence. I, I haven't seen it myself. Maybe it exists. But I thought that that was a portion that was sorely lacking. And I thought that this is, it, it's a more scientific kind of an approach, but presented in a way that is um, a, something that can be understood by a lay person. Now, there are parts of this, and this person who wrote to me was now at the chapter 15, where we've gone through much of what he was looking for. And now he's at the point where it's much more scientific, talking about what is God, what is Brahman, what is Atman, and those kind of things, which to somebody who just jumps in at chapter 15 becomes a little hard to understand. So first of all, I would recommend that this is not for somebody who's looking for a simple how to be a better person kind of book. This is for right. somebody who understands that this is an explanation of every verse of the Gita, something that is painstaking uh, to put together. Because, you know, what I do is I look up as many books as I can, and I see as much on the internet as I can written by various swamis, and then I collate it. It takes me hours for each verse to put it all together and then present it to you. Uh, and along the way, I've given you uh, the names of the various people who I've gotten this from. But many of them say similar things, but occasionally there's something different, and I try to put it all together for you. So with that, I would suggest that those of you who tend to skip around a lot, um, maybe that's not a good idea, yeah. unless you feel that that's it for you, you can handle it. But obviously, this person didn't like that. And for somebody who doesn't like it, maybe it's better to start early at chapter one and then go through everything before you jump to chapter 15. Can I try a layperson's answer to that question based on our discussion here? Please. 
I, based on our discussion here and gone as far as we've gone here in these podcasts, uh, my first suggestion would be learn to control or reduce your desires and your attachments and then your everyday intentions, your behaviors, your uh, what you set out to do every day will become higher and more spiritual and you'll end up being a better person. It's basically about controlling your desires and attachments. Right. Right. That That is... Uh, somewhat at the core of uh, everything that the Gita teaches us, which is to control your desires. But along the way, as we've often said, and I don't want to repeat everything, that there are key phrases, key uh, verses that really resonate with different people. And I know certain of these resonate with me. And just look as you start reading it, you say, wow, this really resonates with me. This works. This you know, just as an example, um, people who have vasanas, who are, and it really turn you off, and you say, I don't like this person, uh, or I, and you, when you understand that, the analogy that I gave, which was that if you see a lion jumping on a poor little deer and ripping it to shreds and eating it yeah. and killing it right in front of the baby, you say, well, that's amazing. Look, I came to Africa on a safari and I saw this thing. You don't tend to blame the lion. You don't say, what an evil person, terrible person. So yeah. similarly, you know, if you look at somebody's vasanas and you say, these are this person's vasanas, I'm not going to hold it against him, but I'll be careful. I'll be cautious. I'll step away from him and not get too close to him. It has less to do with desires at that point, but it still has something to do with desires. But you're understanding something that the Gita helped us to understand. So for everybody, you have a different thing that you can understand and go with. And you, will, as you learn the Gita, you will find that. But there are many books that will collate everything together for you to learn how to be a better person and how to get along in this world and how to get along with your boss and your wife and all <laughs> of these kind of things. So today we're going to be talking about chapter 15, verse 15. We're now getting to the end of uh, uh, chapter 15, and then there's 16, 17, 18, and then there is, uh, that's the end of the Gita. So chapter 15, verse 15 says, I, Brahman is talking through Krishna, Krishna, I am seated in the hearts of all. So that's the first point. I am seated in the hearts of all. I mean, many of us say, you know, look inside, self-realization, but mm -hmm. where am I looking? Where is this Atman? And he says, I am seated in the hearts of all, number one. And then he says, and from me, Brahman, emanate memory, knowledge, and forgetfulness. As I've said before many times, Gita is so wonderful. You say, well, how can memory, knowledge, and forgetfulness emanate? What does that mean? You'll see. I, and third is, I am that which is to be known by the Vedas. That which is to be known by the Vedas. I am the author of Vedanta and I am the knower of the Vedas. So we'll explain these three. So if you break it down uh, like this. So up to now, what we saw was that Brahman is we imagine somewhere out there, although Brahman is everywhere, here, there, down, up, we see Brahman colloquially as being way out there in outer space. Right. Brahman is far away. That's how we see it. And we say Brahman descends 
to the earth. And first he says, I, Brahman, am everything that the sun is. Really, whatever the sun is, is because of me. Sun is bright, sun is hot, sun is radiant, sun is luminous. All of this, that tej that we talked about is in the sun for me. Then he comes a little closer. He says, and whatever is in the moon, whatever reflection you see is also from me. I am that in the moon. Then he goes a little bit further and he says, fire, that is man-made. He says, whatever is in the fire is also from me. Then he goes further, he says, the earth, I enter into the earth. And he says, okay, and I give the earth nutrition. Then he says, from the earth, I go into the food, the vegetables, and the roots, and the trees. And I, Brahman, am in there. And then when you eat the food, the food goes into and, and enters living beings, animals, human beings. And I permeate the vital air sheets, all these... Did we talk about the sheets? Yes. Uh, Lou? Okay. Yes, I believe it was the last episode or the one before. Yeah. So I permeate the sheets, and I'll, I'll mention it briefly. Um, the Annamaya Kosha and the Pranamaya Kosha, this is the, the body sheet, the most outermost, and then the Pranamaya Kosha, which is the uh, metabolism and so on. So far away, Brahman is seen as the sun, a little bit nearer is sun, Brahman is seen as the moon. A little bit nearer to that is Brahman is seen as the earth, then vegetables and herbs, then our own metabolism. And now in verse 15, he's saying Brahman is in the hearts of all beings. Now, as a medical person, we have to dissect the heart, look at the heart, examine the heart, know everything about the heart. And I say, wait a second, in the heart, there's Atman. I never saw that. I dissected so many hearts. No. In this verse, Brahman is known as the core of beings. And that core, that Brahman, enlivens the vasanas of a person. Without that Brahman, those vasanas wouldn't be there. My right. desire for strawberry shortcake or <laughs> rasgullas or you know any kind of sweets or money or beauty or fame or wealth or anything, those vasanas are enlivened by Brahman. Mm -hmm. Brahman enlivens the mind and the intellect. We'll talk about this. So when he says, so here's the first thing. I am seated in the hearts of all. What does that mean? Heart doesn't mean the physical heart with the ventricles um, and, and the atrium. Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi. Bhagwan Raman Maharshi is a sage who did a lot of writings on this. He says that it's not a special place. It, even though it says, I'm seated in the heart, right. he means it for the layperson to understand. Krishna does. It's not the actual heart. It's not a physical space. It's not a mental space. It's not an intellectual space. The, uh, the, the heart is where the thought of me, I, emerges. Right. That consciousness. I means consciousness. The heart is the Atman or the essential core of consciousness the center of you. This Atma is not only in your heart, but is your heart, is your brain, is your body, is every cell of your body. So if you were to take an, a, an, a complete cell with a nucleus and all of the things that go into it, the thing that makes that cell alive is Brahman. Yeah. So next one, he says, from me emanate memory, knowledge and forgetfulness. It is all these three, 
knowledge is memory and knowledge is forget forgetfulness. What do we say we know? When we say I have knowledge, knowledge means I know. Know what? Anything. Physics, yeah. chemistry, mathematics, I know. I know who I am. I know who she is. I know who he is. All of this is knowledge. Memory means to get that knowledge and to be able to remember it. Now, what is forgetfulness? This is interesting. How does he say, I am forgetfulness? You say, well, I forgot. He said, that is Brahman. What he's talking about is something that he dis says in the Gita is apohanam. Apohanam is not just forgetfulness. It is also suspension of knowledge. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Forgetfulness is suspension of knowledge? Yes. Watch. How can you learn something new? To learn something new, you've got to put on hold, suspend what you know already, because right. it might conflict. As I'm talking about this spiritual thing, you it might go against something that you've already believed, whether it be through religion or some other thing. This spirituality comes at something where you've got to disbelieve or suspend your belief or your knowledge of something else. So to learn something new, you have to suspend what you already know. How can you learn spirituality unless you suspend what you believe to be true? How can you laugh, for instance, if you have so many problems and somebody comes, you know, you, I've had at my age by now, I've had <laughs> the, to face the, the death of many, many of my close people. And you're sad at the time. But then a little child of two or three comes and sits in your lap and does something and you laugh. Does the grief go away? No. You suspend, you forget the knowledge of the grief that has stricken you. So you're able to laugh and you're able to forget about, you're able to suspend the knowledge that this loved one of yours has died. So without me, he says, there is no memory, there's no knowledge, and there's no forgetfulness. As I've said before, it always amazes me how much every word uh, uh, has some meaning. And if I were to dissect and talk about every single part of everything, it would take forever to go through this. Uh, I'd never be done in 20 minutes per episode, right, Lou? That's right. Now, he talks about the next thing he says, I am that which is to be known of the Vedas, uh, known by the Vedas. I am that which is to be known. Now, what is to be known by the Vedas? The whole topic of the Vedas he also says, I'm the author of the Vedanta, I'm the knower of the Veda. What is to be known by the Vedas? What is the real goal or the subject of the Vedas? The whole subject is Brahman or Atman or the self or the I. And what is to be known? That is to be known for us. Some people say that is the real reason why you've come to this earth, to be rid of all of these vasanas so that you can become one with yourself. You have to know Brahman. What is to be known by the Vedas? It is me, Brahman, I. The main theme of all the Vedas is to know Aham. Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Or I is the consciousness or supreme reality. You have to get to know that. So he says, I am that which is to be known by the Vedas, meaning Brahman. I am the author of Vedanta. I passes on to all of you as humanities. And the knower of the Vedas is also the self, consciousness, and Brahman. So uh, again, very briefly, 
in terms of the sheets, the food, nourishment and vegetation is me, is what he said. The prana and the body are modified food because after all, whatever is in my cells is because of whatever nourishment I took. They're modified food. They're all me. The earth that permeates the food is me. The Mm. sun and planets are me. And the five sheets in the Upanishads are the body sheet, which is the outermost, Annamaya Kosha. Next is Prana sheet, Pranamaya Kosha, which is the breathing, the metabolism, the fire in you. The next one, mind sheet, Manamoha Kosha, which is the emotions and feelings. The next one is intellect sheet mm-hmm. or Vijnanamaya Kosha, which is the ability to discern, decide, this is good, this is bad. And the last one we said, which is at the heart and the deepest, is the bliss sheet, also mm-hmm. known as the Anand Maya Kosha. And we said, I do remember now, we did talk about this last time too, you're right, that when you're in deep sleep, you're, you know you're in deep sleep, mm-hmm. but you're not aware of much else. All you know is when you wake up, you say, oh, I had such a wonderful deep sleep. That is really bliss. And they say that that is the, comes the closest to uh, real bliss. So, friends, that is verse 15. Please take to heart what I started off this uh, verse by talking about. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much.